I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Doesn't look great. He's the one you have all right. Let's get the kids separated. Get over here and I can help. That's a good point. Yes, Maury, yes. If they were dwarven children, they'd be fine. But You know, normally I take offense to that, but that's a pretty accurate assessment. Don't think you're going to run so quickly from me. Can we work together? She'll eat them or kill them or whatever it is that she's going to do. I may be blind, but I'm not foolish. Books don't move like this. <laughs> Time to just start chomping away. Well, if we're going to need someone to sacrifice themselves to distract the witch, then... I nominate Red. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is season two, episode 43, The Midnight Carnival, 11 p.m. MVP this week is Fell, nominated by Jury. Jury says... Thank you for letting me get you hooked on Dice Shame. Can't wait till you get all caught up and we can start yelling at each other about new episodes each week. Thanks for listening, Fel. I think that's the best MVP we've had. Nominating people for MVP is a great way to share the love. All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's do it. The streets of Slatefell are dark except for pools of light cast here and there by lanterns. In the town square, three wagons stand still and quiet, two lanterns glimmering where they hang from the rear doors. A little boy, maybe eight or nine, looks out of his window at the square, remembering the excitement from that afternoon when a kitten stumbles into a pool of lamplight, meowing weakly. The child's eyes go wide with instant love for the helpless creature, watching it move out of the light back into the darkness, and he's seized by courage, quietly slipping downstairs and out of the house. Outside, as the boy pokes around the perimeter of the town square looking for the kitten, The night begins to chill both his breath and his resolve. He's about to give up and go back inside when, way down a side alley, in another spotlight cast by a lantern, he spots the little kitten sitting all alone. The alley is mostly cast in shadow, and the child has to take a moment to steal himself before stepping into the darkness. From the instant he enters the dark alley, the boy feels his little heart start to quicken, pounding in his ears. With every step, the darkness becomes deeper. Barrels and crates stacked against the wall could contain any monster, just waiting to reach out for his legs as he passes. He breaks into a jog and then a run, his panicky footfalls causing the kitten to cower from him in fear as he comes to the edge of the lantern light. And then, success. The boy has his prize up in his arms, 
A tiny ball of warm fur smelling sweetly of hay, a reassuring animal smell, standing there, cuddling it in the spotlight in the cold alley. When, from the darkness behind the boy, a shape approaches. A tall, broad figure, black as any shadow, moving slowly towards the child, getting closer and closer, so close that the figure's nose meets the edge of the lamplight, and its deep eye sockets are so severely shaded they seem empty. So close that the little boy stops cuddling his new kitten when he realizes he can hear something else breathing right behind him. Fresh from victory against the witch Ossipete and already focused on their next target, our heroes leave Slatefell through a wicket gate and cross the war-ruined fields into the surrounding woods. Red, Mari, Doran, and Jack, you are on the tail of this terrible witch, tracking her through the darkness. Stay close. Remember, pass without trace only reaches so far. And I don't want to be caught, not this far in. We've already taken one down, Red says as he, like, stalks between the high grass. How much further? Not too far ahead. What's our strategy for this? Remember, there's going to be a, a child, at least. Doran's bringing up the rear of the of the foursome. Well, I, I don't know. Or what are we going to do? Are we going to Are we going to disguise ourselves as... I mean, I could probably disguise myself as a child. Or are we going to go in there with, uh, you know, weapons flailing and chop off the, the witch's head? Mari's, like, right behind Red. And uh, and she's like, well, we're, we're going to want to probably distract her and get her away from the child and any other kids that might be there. So I don't recommend going in axe flailing. This feels like a great way to hit something you shouldn't. <laughs> good point, good point. Right, but I don't know if deception is really possible at this point. I feel like perhaps uh, distraction is the right way. If we can get eyes on the kids, we we have some more options, whether we can protect them or get them the hell out of there. You know, I I think that's got to be the first step of anything we do. Yes, well, when I did my primeval awareness, I noticed that there were a number, five to be exact. I assume that's her and the four kids, but I don't know. Doran kind of looks around the gloomy forest around him and he, he's thinking about the, the children and how they might must be scared. And he's looking at his companions in, in front of him and he says, Well, if we're going to need someone to sacrifice themselves to distract the witch, then I nominate Red. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll become some sort of distraction. Maybe I'll pretend I'm a woodcutter. You know, wandering into the woods. I mean, she she knows who you are, right? Like, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I but forgot. I, I mean, it still would be a distraction. Like I said, I don't think it's deception. I think it's distraction. I think you could walk in and draw her eye and say, "Of course, yeah, I'm here to take you down," or something like that. I mean, she would know we're working together. But Mari's sort of listening to this, and she's kind of mulling it over, and she's looking around in the forest, and there's it's you know kind of chittering with little bits of life and she's like well I could I could go in there I'm not the strongest 
but I, I do have these. And she pulls out a little jar, and in the jar is some spiders that she had caught. And she's like, I can make them very large and distract her with those and also maybe use them to protect the kids. Hey, yeah, as long as they wouldn't be at any risk to the children, that could be a great idea. No, only, only I can control them, so... Oh. Well, I think that's a pretty good distraction. Why don't, why don't you cast your spider spell? I'll go up and distract her and, you know, I'll, I'll take the, any of the brunt of the force and allow you to really focus on the spell and guiding the spiders wherever. I mean, you know... And Doran takes his fist and slams it against his own chest. He's like, I'm, I'm sturdy, you know? I'm aware. And, and I, 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 would, I would feel terrible if one of you three, you know, weaklings got hit by a, you know, one of her, one of her spells in it. Wouldn't, wasn't able to stand strong. You know, normally I take offense to that, but that's a pretty accurate assessment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to be in the woods alone. So fair enough, Doran. You, you can take the brunt of this one. We got to have someone to pull you out of the woods when it happens, Doran. Don't worry. Well, remember, you have thunder step and shield in that ring if things get really dicey. Yeah, and he looks down at the ring. I'm just going to flank, probably climb a tree, and, and take a few shots once you get her distracted. All right. But this one could be dangerous. Remember, children are here. Danger's like my middle name. After Actul. <laughs> <laughs> Torin Actul Danger Iron Fist. Danger Greg Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's actually Gary. <laughs> Danger Gary. You hear the witch before you see her, with the thin, eerie sound of her flute music carrying to you on the breeze. Coming to a clearing in the forest, hundreds of tombstones clustered in groups are washed in pale moonlight. Alo stands, luminous in her red and white carnival attire, surrounded by a handful of children. She lowers her flute from her lips, and as the kids stand around her, dazed, she moves between them. From the first, a small girl, she pries a ratty stuffed doll from her hands. At the second child, Alo's hands run through her hair lovingly, and then she pulls loose a belt knife and cuts away a lock of it. Red begins to move south, trying to flank. He sort of gestures to Mari and Jack, and gestures to follow, carrying the pass without trace. The three of us swing south to try to flank her. And Doran watches as you three kind of flank, and he waits for that perfect opportunity, kind of crouched and hidden on the side of this path that's leading into the clearing where the witch and the children are. At the third child, Aelo takes his hand in hers and raises the knife to strike. Doran moves into the clearing. Back away, you witch! She looks up suddenly, directly at you, Doran, and pauses. He's got his axe already unsheathed. There'll be no hitting of children tonight! Having witnessed Ossipede's transformation after her death, it's unsurprising that Aelo also wears the guise of a human woman. As her shining blonde hair and flashy white tunic melt away, her massive form seems to unfold itself from the illusion. Aelo stands 10 feet tall with mottled blue-gray skin covered in peach-sized growths. Her arms hang down nearly to her knees with powerful clawed hands. 
She's wearing a robe made from flayed human skin. Leather made from arms and legs hanging in layered skirts around her huge muscular body. Her head sits necklace on wide shoulders, the skin all around her mouth, all stretched out and torn from decades of careless feasting. And she just points at you, Doran. She says, Come here, boy. Everyone roll for initiative. Mari, what'd you get? 16. Hey, nice. Doran. Oh, yeah, I got a 17. Oh, snap. (laughs) Red. 21. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Jack. 21. Oh, yeah. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Yeah. Red, it's your turn. Red sees Doran approach the massive witch standing in the center of the gravestones, pulls back his bow, and turns to Jack. Shall I try to banish her? Give Doran a round to maybe get the kids out of there. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And I'm going to let go a banishing arrow. Can she make me a charisma saving throw, please? Okie doke. I'm going to use my gemstone dice because I feel like they'll give me some luck tonight. Rolling rocks. They're heavy. They're just going to be a low number. That's all. Oh, come now. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get a stone cutting on those dice? That's a 19. Ah, damn. That saves. Mm. Red's arrow glances past and disappears into a gravestone. But before she can turn towards me, he fires a second arrow. Mm -hmm. This time without any fancy mints. No fancy mints. Just regular ass projectiles. Regular, ass regular mints. <laughs> and because we are hidden, I'm going to roll with advantage on this one. Yeah, you are. Which wasn't that great. Anyway. Do great it's job. Good. Can't remember at all. Wait, what'd You're you get? It. 18? Yeah, you oh, hit. Brilliant. 19 damage. Excellent. Well the arrow done. sings in her thigh. The creature roars and turns towards you at anger. And Red is going to dive, lay fully flat behind one of the tombstones and attempt to hide. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you're fully obscured. She saw where you went, but she can't target you from where she's at right now. Rock and roll. Jack, it's your turn. Jack pulls out the Spellguard Sphere from where he's hiding behind one of these tombstones, and he's got a spell cooking inside of it, and he's, you know, got a little map of the graveyard in here, and he's sort of got little images of all the children reflected inside the sphere, and he's ready to cast it as soon as this witch takes a few steps away from the kids, but otherwise he's staying hidden and watching just to try and wait for that perfect moment. All right. It's the witch's turn. She begins to laugh a full-throated, gravelly sound. She reaches out towards you, Doran, and closes a fist. Blood begins to leak from her palm, and as it hits the ground, mist begins to spring out from the soil all around her. A fog cloud rises up and obscures her and the children from view. What in Morden? Doran, what do you do? What, so you're going to hide in your shadows while you prey on little children, you weak witch? I'll lob your head off, just like I lobbed the head off your sister. Ooh. I'm going to move in to the cloud. Yeah. Continuing to taunt as he as he steps in, too. As you try to move into that space, Doran, you bump directly into a child. 
Okay, then that's going to be my action. And I grab the child and I like throw the child into the clearing behind me. Okay. Like I'm not really too concerned that they might get hurt bumping their head on the ground. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more, I'm more like, you might take a five year old. (laughs) That child takes so much fall damage. If they were dwarven children, they'd be fine. But I'm living out my dreams here, throwing my (laughs) six. Honestly, Doran, you like fucking sunk your battleship on this one. Like, you literally picked a spot at random, bumped into a child, did not hit the witch. It's super easy to grapple and move a kid. As you pull this little girl up into your arms you see her eyes are milk white oh fuck and looking up into your face blindly she mutters it's my birthday and then you throw her to safety in the snow Mari it's your turn yeah Mari's standing there behind one of these graves further back and she she looks over at this fog cloud and sees it rise up from the, through the ground and she takes a fistful of the the dust that's on one of these one of the, the grave in front of her and she hisses to herself again like last time foul filthy magic and she takes the the sand and she rubs it between her hands and says in aqua ekimira and with that a 35 square foot cube of that fog should disappear amazing that's awesome you pretty much get rid of the whole fog cloud which she cast at a higher level so it was 40 feet in diameter basically there are these translucent wisps here and there that remain but essentially you just bamf her whole spell out of existence and you're able to see the witch again, surrounded by four children now. Doran having removed one of these satellite shields. Do you want to move, Mari? Or Yeah, I think shift over behind one of the gravestones and hide there. Excellent. As Mari creates this opportunity, Jack releases the casting of his spell that he's been holding in the Spellguard Sphere. And this invisible dome of force springs up around the witch, sort of trailing down from her head to the ground, separating her from the children. Excellent. Well done. And Jack starts running towards the witch, saying, Kids, come this way. We gotta get you out of here. Red, it's your turn. Red sees Jack run up to the children. Do they react at all to him? Do they seem to look at him? No, the children seem fixated on Alo. Doran, he's the one you have all right. Is she responding to your words? Uh, their eyes were... Sort of white. Doran, the little girl that you pulled back from beside this witch seems to be unresponsive. Doesn't look great. Jack, what, what are the details of this spell? Is any attack I do going to just bounce off or what? Yeah, she's, she's trapped in there for a minute. Let's get the kids separated from her and then we can figure out how to deal with her. Red will hop up from where he's standing and he's going to run. How small are these kids? These kids are between four and ten years old. Can I carry two? Um, how strong are you? Or I have a negative one strength, but a plus three saving throw, if that's any... A negative one strength? Yeah, but you a can, plus three to my saving throw. You can try to carry two littler ones, but it might be too much for you after 30 paces of running. Like, you're not going to carry them all the way home. Red runs up, hopping over gravestones. He makes his way there in double the time, trying to dart between these things. 
He scoops up one of the children, takes a few steps to the north, and scoops up another, and then quickly makes with a tree line to the east. You run in there, scoop up two kids, and they're so strangely limp in your arms, and one of them turns to you with these blank white eyes and says, You have to share. Mama said you have to. She starts weakly pawing at your chest. It's okay. It's okay. And Red once again huddles with the children behind cover. Again, Pass Without Trace still active. You hear a scratching, burrowing sound underfoot. And in a shower of grave skeletal hands burst through the soil all around you. They grasp at your feet. Everyone make a constitution saving throw. Oh, that's a two. Ooh. That's not a good number. Yeah. That's a bad nope. one. I'm not constituted. Mm-hmm. Not good unconstitutional. Yeah. No. It is unconstitutional. And a fail is less than 15. I got exactly 15. <laughs> All right. I got 12. 12 uh, and a 21. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got a rock. Um, Mari and Red, you each take 10 points of damage as you begin to feel your life energy sucked away into this ground caught up by these skeleton hands Jack it's your turn again yeah Jack finishes climbing over some of these gravestones and tries to get the two kids on the north side of her and pull them away not nearly as as speedily as Red but doing his best Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and assuming I can pick up two of them Sounds great. Heaving them behind a little bit of cover. Sure. Those arms burning with the lift. The strongest members of the party are each carrying two (laughs) children somehow. There's a 10-year-old squiggling away underneath your arms. Uh, I mean, it's not hard to carry a child. Well, when you think about Henry, who's six. I could easily carry two of those. But... You don't have a strength of minus one. And you just ran, you just did it running as, like, almost as fast as Usain Bolt. It's yeah, really it's quite like a. I'm a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I've killed giants. Jack's like, these I mean, are books. I don't know what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Books don't move hole, like Jack. this. <laughs> Kids enjoy it in there. It's fine. Just throw them into the portable hole. Yeah. You know, with the dynamite, because that'll be fine. Hold your breath and don't touch the dynamite. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff in there to play with. It's okay. It's just books and dynamite. It's not a good scene for children. And books on dynamite, probably. Oh. <laughs> so let's drop out of initiative order here, because unless Jack um, like falls and hurts himself really badly, you've got 10 minutes to concentrate on this spell while a witch paces angrily inside. I got my two. What? What's going on? Mari, what's, what's wrong with these kids? I can't. I, they, I, they're still under some kind of curse or something. They don't. They don't seem to be responding right. Yeah, and Mari runs over to them and she takes a look at one of those kids. And can I? Can I do a medicine check on them? Is that going to help? Yes, you can. What the hell's wrong with her? Red says as Mari's checking them out. Just kind of like walks close to this glass bubble with this witch inside. I rolled a dirty twenty. Nice. Oh. So yeah, so she like bends, she like picks up one of these kids and she sort of very gently like takes their takes their head and sort of looks at their face and sees the weird milky eyes and tries to get close. Yeah. As you pick up this child and look deeply into its eyes, 
it lashes out at you, Mari, and claws at your face. Ugh. You take one point of slashing damage uh, as whoa. this little girl gets like hooks a fingernail under one of your eyelids. Oh, Jesus. And she uh, writhes uh, away. Lathander, yikes. Do I get any other insight other than that children's fingernails are sharp? <laughs> <laughs> um, this child is under the influence of this witch's power, as you can tell. It seems to be some kind of link maybe hmm. kind of like a charm spell but different yeah she stands back up and she brushes off the the little welt on her face she can feel that there's like that just the tiniest amount of blood there from where this kid slashed her mm-hmm. and she's like well there's some sort of charm but i don't know what it is but it's nothing it's nothing that i recognize but it's tied to her and she gestures to this figure in this bubble that's just Mm -hmm. looming over them yeah red's just standing beneath it like looking up just kind of like what the hell did you do to these children she's just laughing low and red you hear footsteps behind you the children are slowly walking back to her. What the hell? Doran kind of stands up after crouching down next to the child, and, and he hears what you say, Mari, about them being possessed, and he sees the other children beginning to walk back towards the witch, and mm-hmm. Doran shouts out, I think we should bind the children! And he, and he kind of sits the one up that he's next to, and, and he, he wraps his rope around the child's arms, and, and actually mm-hmm. sits the child up against a... Uh, a gravestone and like ties the kid to the gravestone. Yeah. 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 And I think Red does the same thing. I think he walks up to the two and he trips them. Like he just full out sweeps their legs so these kids <laughs> go down and then picks them up and, and ties them each to a gravestone. You don't take any pleasure in that, do you? Maybe. <laughs> I've always wanted to hit a kid. <laughs> Sorry about this. Look, we're trying to help you. The kids struggle weakly against your bonds. I think Red's going to try to talk to one. He's just going to like lean in and be like, now that his t- hands are tied. Mm-hmm. He leans and says, you're not, you're not where you think you are. Where do you think you are? Siri, would you like a hot roll? Snap out of it. Snap out of it. You're in the middle of the woods. And the other one says, my dolly, give it back. Wake up. And Red like glances over at the witch in the bubble. She just stands there, hunched underneath this wall of force, glowering darkly at all of you, flexing her hands, waiting. What's our plan, Jack? Once the kids are safe, that's as far as I was thinking ahead. Uh, Doran? Mari? There's nothing we're going to be able to do for these kids if we don't stop her, because whatever is causing them to act like this, and again, there's still that cut, and there's just, again, this tiny stream of blood that's leaking down her face that she hasn't wiped away. And she just, she just sort of gestures at these children who are stumbling and struggling against them. Until we stop her, these kids are going to stay like this. Or she'll stop us and she'll just eat them or kill them or whatever it is that she's going to do. Yeah, I know. I'm saying plan for taking her out, Red points at the witch. All around you, the woods start to move. The trees are like shivering almost in anticipation. You can see movement from the corner of your eyes the dark limbs are like stretching almost it feels like the woods around you are filling with this dark desperate energy 
filthy magic. Dorrent stands up and sees the shadows in the trees moving slowly and creeping about. And he says, Mari's right. There's only one way. And it's to pummel that witch. I'm asking how. So, Red, let's get you set up somewhere over there. If you can watch the kids, you're always going to be in range. <laughs> yeah, I can hit her from far away, but do you have anything? A whole person? A, a spell that can help here? Hypnotize or something? I'm I'm concentrating on a spell that's helping. I thought... <laughs> I mean, after. I'm just going to blank it. I'm talking about killing her when this thing stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. What's our plan after that? After After killing her? Oh, my God. I turn to the kids. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Oh, it's pretty simple, Red. We kill the witch when we have the opportunity. The witch crouches down and begins to scratch symbols in the dirt that start to glow blood red. Can you, you can drop this force field at any time, eh? Yeah. With his other hand extended, creates an invisible spectral floating hand inside the bubble and starts wiping away as much of her symbols as he can. Hey, I trying like to like. <laughs> to- <laughs> oh no, this is going to turn into fucking yakety sack. <laughs> can we work together on combining so that when it drops, we can do something useful? Well, I can toughen Doran up <gasps> and, and make sure he's able to take a couple of hits. Toughen me up? Yes, brilliant. More. Get over here and I can help because I can bless you. Okay. <laughs> Red runs over. We've only got a few minutes left on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's time's running out. I hope those kids are over there secured safely, and away we go. Yeah, Dora's not really taking much part in the conversation about how to... He's just like, still pacing and staring down the switch. He's ready mm-hmm. to draw blood. Like boxers circling each other. Cast us. Mari smiles, and she touches both hands together and pulls them apart, and this wave of shimmering light comes out and uh, it touches down onto each of their foreheads, onto Jack and Red's and Doran's foreheads, and and uh, leaves a little star and then disappears. Thank you. Cast Guiding Bolt on this thing, too, when it's your turn. If it's Doran or me going after, we're going to hit hard with that advantage. Yeah, and sh- She's going to try to hide, <laughs> probably, again, in the fog. And Doran turns to Jack, and he says, You know, it was really a pain in the ass when that last witch went invisible. Now, there's no possibility for you turning me invisible, is there? I mean, think of the think of the antagonizing approach I could take on this evil witch. Doran, I can make that wish come true maybe some other time, but I need you to keep her attention here. Because if she gets away, if she gets back to those kids, if hey. there isn't someone right in front of her holding her down, we might be in trouble. And I, Alo, I can see you looking at me listening to this. Hey, that's a good point. That's a great point. We should be talking in pig Latin. Doran, you're my favorite big beefy boy. Get out there and just tank those hits, please. And I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark before the wall drops. The wall of force begins to dissolve from the top down, crumbling away. Oh, boy. Red, what do you do? As a bonus action, Red is going to cast Fairy Fire. Can she make me a dexterity saving throw? Absolutely. 14. Oh, that fails! Whoa! She is outlined in red, which means every tack on her has advantage. That's a big win for us. There you go. Huge. Red pulls back and fires. Suck on this, you witch. 
I rolled a two and a natural 20. This was the good one. 40 damage. Wow. Is that it? As the arrow sinks into her other thigh. Big numbers. Oh, wow. Welcome back to the woods. She howls in pain. You take children from towns. You eat them. You deserve this. And Red will fire again. That's a two and a three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. No. Uh, And with my D4, that's a six. Uh, actually, well, six plus, oh no, a 12 would do it. Red's no. second arrow misses because he's too worked up thinking of all the lives she's ruined. Oh, actually. Red, the witch, having been skewered in the leg by you, turns and breathes fire as a reaction. Oh. You have to make a dexterity saving throw. Wow. On it. That's an 11 plus dexterity? Mm-hmm. That's 19. No. Yeah, you succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Nimbly dodging out of the way of this fire breath. Red dodges out of the way. Covers behind a gravestone. Take it down, Doran. Jack, it's your turn. Jack reaches a hand out and touches Doran and channels his understanding of stone that he gained from his time as part of a stone giant and pours all of that understanding into Doran, hardening his skin to be like the stone that dwarves were carved from and then moves back to sort of stand in front of the the kids on the other side to be a layer of protection to them, you know, wand and orb in hand, ready to tangle. Excellent. It's the witch's turn. The witch charges you, Jack. Ooh. All right. Deking around Doran. So Doran, if you'd like, you can make an opportunity attack. Yeah, I am. It's going to be a 21 to hit. Yep. Doing 18 damage. Excellent. Don't think you're going to run so quickly from me, hag. Jack, she reaches out to gather you up in her huge arms. 22 to hit you? Yeah, uh, it does hit me, yeah. You take 36 bludgeoning damage. Ah! And you are grappled. She crushes you oh. against her body. And you are overcome with the smell of decay, rotten flesh. Yeah. You make a concentration check for your spell. 17. No, yeah, you fail. Doran, the stony skin that you were enjoying for about three seconds is gone. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no. Doran feels oh. this softness return to his flesh. Doran, it's your turn again. Doran moves into the space next to this witch, and he's yep. going to attack. And if he's successful in this attack, he's going to use what's called his goading attack. Okay. Which I think is going to do with a 21. You do hit. Okay, so what you're going to have to roll is a wisdom saving throw. 10. Ooh. That's no good. 18 damage and a 10, so you failed. So now you are going to be taking disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than myself. Excellent. Nice. And that's my first attack. So second attack is going to be straight up. And you're still rolling with advantage, right? Because she's all outlined in fire. A 23 to hit. Mm-hmm. Another 18 points of damage. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Your axe bites deeply into this creature's thick hide. Uh, God, it feels good to spill some witch's blood. 
Especially those that prey on children! Mm. Mari, what do you do? Uh, I think it's time to become a wolf. Yeah! yeah. Nice. And, uh, and Mari sees Doran chipping away at this monstrosity's shins and, uh, and sees it crushing Jack. And she looks up at the sky and sees the clouds start to clear a bit. She can see the moon up there. She sort of pulls in on herself and everything starts to change in sort of this weird, imperceptible way. And then all of a sudden, where she was once standing, there's just this giant wolf with this weirdly soft-looking hair. Hmm. Uh, But it's furious. And I'm going to charge at this monstrosity. Cool. I rolled a 23 to hit. Nice. Whoa! Absolutely. So, let's trip this witch. Time to just start <laughs> chomping away and she just starts biting and ripping. Mm-hmm. 10 damage and also target as a creature must succeed on a DC strength saving throw. Excellent. Uh, I'm pretty great at strength. Yes. She's super big and super beefy. She, she lorg. 23. That, that definitely saves, but Mari in this wolf form is almost rabid and just is trying to tear at her. Red, you watch as Mari turns into a direwolf and throws herself on this witch. Fuck yeah, Mari! You can't see Jack because he's on the other side of her, but you hear panicked, crushing noises. You just hear crushing noises and Doran noises and dog noises Mm -hmm. somewhere in the darkness. Yes, Mari, yes! Red, what do you do? Bite that witch! So the fairy fire fades, and Red is going to fire. 23. A hit. Yes. Perfect. 26 damage. Hey, great job. And Red is gonna fire one more. Leave Jack alone! 12 to hit. Mm-mm. No, you missed. Second miss. arrow again goes wide. Damn it. You kids doing alright? Red turns to the kids who are, like, tied behind him. Yeah, the one's just like, kitty, kitty. I'm not a kitty. I'm a fox. He kicks snow at her. Jack. <laughs> It's your turn. Jack tries to get a full breath in where he's got the wind knocked out of him as this monster is crushing the life out of him. And and when he finally fills his lungs, he breathes out and silver mist covers his body and he disappears from this spot, reappears 30 feet away and pulls out the Spellguard sphere. And from it, 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 this trail of, of life tries to induce a little bit of necrotic damage into this into this witch, if she could make me a DC 17 wisdom saving throw, please. Absolutely. Oh, fuck. 11. Uh, that's Ooh. seven necrotic damage as Jack moves to take some cover behind some further tombstones. Beautiful. A thick, choking mist begins to leak from between the trees and pours into the clearing all around you. It swirls around your feet, creeping up your legs and surrounding you, climbing your torsos, burying you in swirling gray plumes. Everybody make a wisdom save for me. Don't love that. Glad I'm blessed. That's how I feel about that. Oh, we're all blessed. Y'all blessed. Not me. Except for Mari, who is blessing 21. I got 15. I rolled 15. Yeah, that saves. Yeah, I rolled 15. Nice. Nice. So. Doran? I rolled a seven. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Doran, oh. you are blinded for one round as your vision is obscured. Everyone else is able to disbelieve the mist as the illusion drops. Meanwhile, 
Alo, deprived of her favorite uh, wizard target, turns her ire toward the dwarf beside her, who is now staring vacantly uh, into the middle distance. And she tries to fucking multi-attack you. She claws at you with these long, terrible claws. That's a natural 20. Oh, I haven't rolled one of those in a long time. Yeah, it's been a fucking minute, hasn't it? Here we go. Oh, does that hit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, does that hit? No. (laughs) Almost maximum damage. 34 slashing damage. She's going to attack you with her claws again. Mm. Is it legal? Uh, This will miss you with a 15 to hit. Miss. And then she's going to bite you. Oh, hold on. Doran's going to perform a repost. Excellent. You're going to roll with disadvantage because you're blinded. Doran, being hit with the witch's attack, decides that Mm -hmm. he's going to try and fight back even though he's blinded. You can kind of judge where she's at based on where the blows are coming from. You bring Orc Splitter up. Mm. You get in the way of the claw and then you swing back around. It's going to be 11 to hit. No, you miss. Doran. God. 20. Dirty. Yeah. Oh, no. She chomps down on you with these sharp, rotted teeth. 19 piercing damage. Okay. In a blood frenzy, Doran, she hits you. These two terrible attacks. It's your turn. How do you retaliate? He's still blinded? Yeah, for one turn. He's going to back up and try again. Okay, that's going to be a 13 to hit. No, you miss. And I miss. Okay. And so I'm going to take a second attack. And a 14. No, Doran, you miss both hits. Oh, no. You miss both swings. Weak dwarf. Stupid as you are, foolish, you missed. I may be blind, but I'm not foolish. I'm just trying to distract you, witch. Eat her face, Mary. Mari, it's your turn. 18. Nice. Yes, and 18 hits. So, yeah, so she rears back and she leaps at this thing and just tries to rip at its neck and forth. Nine damage. Mari, as the witch is distracted temporarily with Doran, you lunge at her. Being this dire wolf, you're so big, you manage to get your jaws around her neck. You drag her to the ground. Yeah. She's screaming and burbling with blood gushing through your teeth. You feel her body go lifeless and limp. Just for a moment in the pure rage and the pure wolf sort of instinct takes over and she just keeps shaking until she's fully sure that this thing is dead, even as she can feel it lifeless underneath. For once, Mari and Doran are both covered in blood. Yeah, she's just soaked in it. Not for the last time. Red seeing this turns to the children, looking at their eyes. Are you okay? They blink for a minute and you see the blankness drop and confusion cross their faces. One of them looks up towards you, Red. Where are we? Let's take these home. As the moon cuts a path into the night sky over Slatefell in the town square, three wagons stand, two of them lit by the lanterns hanging from their doors. 
Suddenly, one of the lanterns gutters. Its flame flickers and extinguishes. Just one lamp remains lit. Once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Adam Fry, Amanda Kitchener, Amy Garza, Anne, Cecil Lee Wilson, Jerry Rose Anderson, Christopher, Colin Burkhart, Crow, Cypress Key, Cytosine, DS, Danny, Default Trauma, Dippity, Elizabeth H, Emma, Ghost, Haley, Harper the Marks, Heather Nichols, JD, Joy Robinson, KR, KM, Cade, Kirsten Wolf, Lasagna, Last Ruth on the left, Leader J, Lizzie Demon, Lorelai Feldman, Matilda Rushing, Marie, Melinda Curley, Mills, Melissa, Merlin, Nimble Dingo, Regan, Wren, Ruth Ann Reed, Scotty, Sky, S Ray 96, Terra Bite, Tony Pepperoni, Xander Morning Dove, and Zach House. Woo! Alex, while we're waiting for her to run numbers, give me a few more takes of your threat. Yeah, I'm just trying to get into the mindset, to be honest. So you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um. Hey now, step away from that child. How about just drop the knife in your most intimidating way? Eh, sounds very policeman like. Drop sure. the knife. Nah. Better um, than hey now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Come over here so I can kick your ass. Why don't um, you pick on someone your own size? No. I think quipping, yeah. I think I think I think what I'm trying to get at is quipping feels wrong. <laughs> don't you think Don't you think it's No. Obviously she doesn't think it's wrong. It's knife o'clock. You could tell her that you killed her sister and yes, that you intend to come for her. That's next. a better vibe. Yeah, if you like mm. I just killed your sister. Your sister's already, blood's yeah. on this axe and I'm coming for you next. Yeah, I was something like that. I've just lobbed off your sister's head. Looks like I'm coming for you next, witch. All right, that's fine. I'll fix it in post. Cool, cool. <laughs> well, you're going to turn to the angry dial? <laughs> I don't know. It just needs to be angrier. <laughs> Stop right there, vile creature. I, I like it. It's Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Right there, you vile creature. That better? That's better. Yeah, I'm definitely more that. That's cool. Okay. Cool. There you go. Looking up into your face blindly, she mutters, It's my birthday. And then you throw her to safety in the snow. Well, happy birthday then! I know this is not supposed to be comedy, but that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Happy <roll>. birthday! <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's her name? Alo? 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 I can hear you. Uh, look at this foggy build. Oh, baby, it's crumbling down. Jack's got you set in a bubble. You won't get under the ground The children you took from town Ain't gonna be tied down Unless we're the ones who do it And you can't claw through the ground 
Now we're killing Halo, Halo, Halo. We got you, Halo, Halo. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.